Hey everybody, welcome to Breaking Cinematic Universes. That's right, I am Trevor, joined as always by Patrick, and I'm going to say this every show because this is going to be kind of my intro dealio. If this is your first time listening, your 400th time listening, your 1800th time listening, well, first of all, thank you for listening 1800 times. We love you. Um, we break down the cinematic uh, universes for all your comic book movies. That's not just the the phenomenal MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's also the DC EU, the mm-hmm. DC Comics Extended Universe. That's also the Spider-Man Sony Extended Universe or whatever the hell they're calling it this week. Yeah, and we'll be talking about that. I think next week we'll probably talk some Venom news that's coming out. Ooh. It's going to be good. Yeah. You know, this, you know the you one know. thing about corona, corona that's – and I'm going to curse a little bit here. You know the one thing about Corona that's pissing me off? Yeah, what's up? There's a number of things that are pissing me off. Number one, I was supposed to have already seen Ghostbusters Afterlife by now. Yep. Yep, it popped up on my calendar, so I have a Google Calendar. Yes, because that's the level of nerd we are. I have Google mm-hmm. Calendar alerts to, uh, to movies where I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, I want to see that movie. I add it to my calendar to to be like, hey, reminder, this movie's coming out. So that that popped in my Google Calendar as a notification last week, and I was very sad. Okay, first of all, Patrick, I dress as a 38 year old man. <laughs> As a Ghostbuster with a yep. full-size replica. I don't think you've actually ever seen my replica pack. I I thought I saw your replica pack. I know I've seen your, I know you've seen your, uh, your rig and, uh, you know, and the, uh, the Ecto, which, you know, it's not yours, but at the same time, riding around in that's pretty awesome. No, that is absolutely awesome. Um, yeah. It's actually funny. When my father passed away in March, mm-hmm. I got his golf cart. So yeah. I was talking to a couple of the Ghostbuster guys. I'm like, hey. Let's turn the golf cart into a little mini Ecto one. Little mini Ecto. <laughs> um, and they're all for it. But what also pisses me off mm-hmm. is no trailers. Yeah, yeah. Like we should have had an Eternals trailer by now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We should have had a, a Venom trailer by now. We got Morbius, but that's only because that was pre-coronavirus. Yes. And the aforementioned Ghostbusters, we should have had another trailer. No, another trailer in my ass. We should have been seeing the damn movie. We should have seen the movie. We should have seen Black Widow. And we would have the stinger at the end of Black Widow that would have probably talked, you know, given us more info on Phase 4, possibly led into Internals. Um, There's there's so many different things it, it could have done. And we have no idea what's at the end of. Well, there are rumors, but we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that today. There are rumors as to what is on the end of the uh, the after credits and the mid credits for Black Widow, but we have no idea if that's accurate. No, and we we there's a rumor Tony Stark is involved somehow, some way in the movie. I'm not going to go into spoilers of because yeah. I've actually heard from people who have seen the movie online, and I kind of know what at least yeah one or both of the the aforementioned marvel uh and credit scenes may be mm-hmm. but once again not gonna say it gonna keep it uh, a secret for those of you who aren't a douchebag and go mm-hmm. looking for that kind of stuff online like i do 
Yeah, I mean, if you want to go find it, go find it. If uh, I'm just, I don't want to add fuel to the trolls who want to spam everything, spam the chat. It's like, just, yeah, let's just not I, feed I've, them. I've read a couple of them, though. Two of them sound legit. But by the way, uh, shameless self-plug for your uh, other podcast, The Land Cave. Mm-hmm. Dude, mm-hmm. when y'all talk about Far Cry 6, I want in. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to talk about it just a little bit uh this thursday live on facebook but it's just brief when we go deep on that i'll definitely let you know because uh that our our pres our sorry our show this week is covering devolver's press conference nintendo's treehouse the ubisoft uh one that just happened and i think there's one more the most exciting thing about that game is a they're going back to a tropical locale yes b the protagonist, the character you play, is actually going to have a voice, which it hasn't had. Mm-hmm. Um, God, since I want to say three. Yeah. Maybe four. I can't remember if the pagan Mim uh, Far Cry had a voice. Yeah. I know Five and New Dawn didn't. Yeah. But it's not going to be the first person cinematics it was in the last few. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll actually see your character. And in regards to the cinematics, yeah, yeah. It's still going to be a first-person shooter, but exactly. at least that's what we believe. Yeah, I mean, they haven't told us otherwise. Uh, I was on it. I mean, this leaked. Uh, we'll, we'll get off this topic very soon if you guys don't care about video game news. But uh, this leaked last Thursday. Yeah, last Wednesday or Thursday. And I was in as soon as I saw Giancarlo uh, as, uh, in. you know, in. It, it, I was in immediately. Uh, rumor also, because this does have to do with our show, rumor still happening. It's pretty strong that he is going to be Mr. Freeze. That would be interesting. Um, the he other the thing, intensity he has, he has the the gravitas for that character. I'm I'm in. I remember watching him on a show from NBC called mm-hmm. Revolution. I remember the show. I don't remember him on it. He was such a dick. Yeah. Yeah, he he does he does that well though. Um, so, anyways, we'll get off of rumor rumor territory. The rumor yeah. is that he is going to be he is going to be uh, Mister Freeze, which I'm all about. I've uh, as long as it's not I, Schwarzenegger. No, no. See, my my Mister Freeze uh, my, because straight. I mean, well, I don't remember. I actually no, I do remember. My introduction to Mister Freeze was on the Batman the Animated Series, and same. For those of you who didn't know, uh, Mr. Freeze up until that point was just a guy who froze things. And that TV series, that cartoon gave him a, a reason he, that added his wife as part of the uh, part of the storyline and her chronic illness. Uh, and that's as to why he is he's doing what he does. It gave him motivation because before that, he just froze things. He, he really didn't have motivation. And it turned that character into that that uh, that villain. Uh, into a an understand you, you may not uh, like what he's doing but you you get understand his motivation uh and you understand why he's driven uh to you know to those means even if yeah. you wouldn't do it yeah no and i mean mr freeze is a great character he's one mm-hmm. of the few batman villains that you kind of do you kind of do sympathize with the guy yeah. Uh, yeah. riddler you don't sympathize because he's whacked out of his mind um i love the riddler i absolutely love the riddler i know he's nuts but he's nuts but he's like i'm smarter than all of you and i'm gonna prove it by the way the most by the way just for you yeah the iceman coming (laughs) yes um to your pleas of mercy (laughs) 
so good. It's so good. Um, it's so bad. It's so good. I know. I know. It's cheese. I uh, actually, as we're as we're ranting about these different things and rambling about these things, another. Uh, I wouldn't say it's it's a rumor. It's a, a fan theory. The fan theory is that uh, Batman and Robin is a movie. And actually, actually, I heard someone said Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Definitely, Batman and Robin is a fan is a movie being made in the universe where Batman exists. So. That is like as if there was a real Batman and then they made a movie and that was over the top. So it's a it's a meta <laughs> joke. I don't believe that. I think it's just it's just buying way too much into Joel Schumacher trying to bring up some camp in back into Batman. And, and God and, rest his soul, you know, yep. recently passed away. But Joe and Anthony Russo yes. recently threw a little bit of shade the DC way. You know, all this talk about the Schumacher cut of Batman Forever, which is supposed to be a lot darker and a lot more focused on um, Bruce Wayne and his demons. And, you know, the Snyder cut, which we're going to get in early 2021, early to mid 2021, Mm -hmm. um, which is going to be when they announce that I'm going to literally put it on my calendar and and tell my my (laughs) wife at the time, my fiance now, but my wife at the time, honey, uh, don't bother me this day. I'm going to watch that thing like six times. But Joe and Anthony Russo throwing a little bit of shade when somebody asked them, will there ever be a director's cut of Winter Soldier? Civil War, mm-hmm. Infinity War, Endgame, and they actually said all the MCU directors' movies are directors' cuts. Oh, basically saying Marvel lets us do whatever the hell we want to do within mm-hmm. reason. We're not like shackled like the DC universes because you've heard from David Ayer now, you've heard from Zack Snyder how yeah. their films were not their vision. Yeah. And I've never directed anything. I've wanted to, and I'm currently uh, working with a couple buddies of mine on a Ghostbuster fan film that we're going to do. And I could not imagine being the director, being the one that the studio chose, and then having them say, well, yeah, we brought you in, but here's what we want. We don't think you want. Here's what we want. I would almost look at them and say, go screw yourself. I'm done. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, that's happened with, with certain directors. If a director has enough uh, notoriety, then, you know, then they work with them. You have other directors who will just do whatever the studio wants. But to me, the magic happens when you, when you trust a director, you know, they're a good director and you trust them, let them do what they're supposed to do. Look at Um, Anthony Russo. Perfect mm -hmm. example. What big budget movies had Joe and Anthony Russo done prior to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Um, I can't. I don't Zero. remember offhand. I thought they I said, didn't they do move music videos or shorts? No, they were directors on the show Community, which is oh, why you've seen Daniel right. Pudi, which mm-hmm. is why you've seen Jim Rash, uh-huh. um, which is why you've seen, I believe, Yvette um, Nicole in uh, Endgame. You've seen different little, you know, community actors pop up. They never directed a big budget movie. Those two are the most sought after directors right now in Hollywood. They have four movies, and I'm going to double check this. Uh, Mm -hmm. Box Office Mojo. I know while while he's good. I know both Endgame and Infinity War hit a billion. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know about Captain America. I don't think War. Captain America hit a billion. I want to say it was like six or seven hundred million. I may be wrong uh, in regards to box office. Um, uh, domestic opening was one hundred and seventy nine million on a two hundred and fifty million dollar budget. Uh, let's see here. Domestic uh, gross domestic four hundred eight million. I'm trying to see the worldwide here. It never totals it up. Why is it never yeah. totaling it up? I, well, I was going to also mention now, not only them being heavy hitters, but then you have directors who, of we now know how 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 uh, how talented they are. But like Taika Waititi, right? Like, oh my god, yeah. So if you look at if you look at what he did leading up leading up to, um, it did do a billion worldwide. Okay, okay, so I was wrong. Uh, if you look at like what Taika did leading up to it, right? So he did what we do in the shadows. He did some TV series stuff, but nothing big. And they trusted him with Ragnarok. And then he—I mean, because he's talented, because people knew that he was talented, they gave him a shot. And we can say the same, the same thing about Christopher Nolan. The Nolan universe is the re, is as good as it is and revered as it is because of Christopher Nolan and because. If it wasn't him, he got a talented person. I always forget his director of photography. Nolan works with a specific director of photography on like all of his work. And he trusts him. He trusts his writers, his brother on most of it. Uh, and he gets good product out of it where you have others that you're know, like, oh, we're going to hire a director. And now we're, then we're going to get involved and, and ruin it, in my opinion. Oh, no. And I'm currently adding up the worldwide box office for their four movies. Yeah. Um. So, um, Winter Soldier did not break a billion. Okay. Obviously, Infinity War broke two billion worldwide. Um, two zero four eight three. Oh, how about how about Peyton Reed that did Ant Man? His previous movies were Bring It On. Did he? Really do yes, Bring Man. It on? Yes. And he did Yes Man, which you know what? Bring It On is hilarious and has a cult following. Yes Man was meh. I mean, you could like it, whatever, you, however you feel about it. But um, he has a he has a lot of of work that he did. But if you look at it, it's no, you know, it's not like he was put in front of some like large projects before it. No, they gave him Ant Man, Sean Gunn, or not yeah. James Gunn, or James Gunn, James Gunn. Yeah, yeah, it's he another did, it's another great example. I mean, he so did trust a trust your director, trust no, your director. Did, What's that? He did a great movie called Slither. Yes, um, with Nathan Fillion. By the way. I have the total worldwide mm-hmm. of the Russo's four Marvel movies. Yeah. Six billion seven hundred and thirteen million eight hundred and seventy-eight thousand one hundred and fourteen. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. That's and again, you you found someone who's talented, you trusted them with the product, they delivered. But, and it's not just them, it's the team that they that they orchestrated because the director exactly. is is getting that team to work and getting the best out of all those individuals. Um, the only the only downside is, and they've said this, they're not coming back to the MCU unless they get to do the one project they want to do. Was it Secret Wars? That was Secret Wars. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I thought I thought that's what it was. So so if you hear about them signing chances no, are um, like i mean like in the future if we hear oh they're signed on for two pictures three pictures then we have an idea that it's probably secret wars or something else big that they've been oh you know they'll keep that on un- they'll keep oh, yeah. that so under wraps 
Yep. Just because they've made it so known mm-hmm. that it'll be a bombshell. Like I'm, I'm just going to throw this out as a bombshell. Yeah. Batman v Superman. Nobody had an idea it was coming when it came. It wasn't until that Hall H panel at Comic-Con when Zack Snyder stepped on stage and said, hey, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Our, the next movie is going to be, and he put that graphic up, yep. up, the bat symbol with the Superman symbol inside. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew. Everybody knew what that meant. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be something similar. I think you're going to have an unknown Marvel project on the slate. Mm-hmm. And then maybe even next year at Comic-Con, you know, Marvel will go up and do their Hall H panel. Yeah. And they'll say, by the way, Joe and Anthony Russo are coming back and they're going to flash the Secret Wars graphic yeah. on the screen. I I mean, if I, if it were me, if I were in charge of Marvel, which I should be, if I were in no, charge no, of Marvel. No, 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 Pat. Yes, Pat, yes, yes. I, I love you like a brother. I truly do. You're invited to my wedding. <laughs> I truly love you like a brother. You ain't got shit on Feige. Fi- hey, Feige needs help. Okay, he can't do everything himself. He's got to offload some of the work. No, I pitched him some coffee. No, no, no. So, well, you know what? I'll put it this way: we we're talking about we we're talking about Joel Schumacher earlier. Do you do you know do you know what he did? Uh, what how he got into? Um, wasn't it Schumacher who was uh, uh, Streisand's hairdresser? Uh, Kathleen Kennedy oh. was a was Steven Spielberg's uh, like. Uh, basically, what was it? She basically was a note taker. She's a uh, glorified secretary. She was basically like, just take notes, get me coffee. That's it. And she opened her mouth and made good suggestions. And and other than Star Wars, okay, you can put that aside. If you look at her track record leading up to her being put into Star Wars, that woman did some amazing work. And it was all because she was at the right place at the right time. So here's my here's what I would say to Kevin Feige, how you need to go to Secret Wars. You need to set up, first of all, you need to, we need to bring in the Marvel's first family. We need to set we need to we need to set up, set the stage. And then you don't you don't do a, a stinger, you don't sorry, you do it you do it as a stinger as an after credits. We don't do it as as um uh you don't you do it as an after credits where you show uh, you show the uh, you know something that would lead people, lead the real fans to understand what it was. In my opinion, the best way to do that would be the black suit. But there's other ways that you can you can hint at uh, secret wars. And I, in my opinion, you do that so that way you get the you get people clamoring trying to figure out what the heck this Easter egg is, what the heck this reference is for. And then because it's 20, 2020, going to be twenty twenty two probably by the time they do this, then you just tweet it out like right after and say, Hey, the Russos are signed on and people will put those two and two together. doesn't have to be a whole H thing anymore. That's how I would do it. No, break so the internet. The last time they shocked the world mm-hmm. and we'll get into our DC talk. We will. We, yeah. You and I have a problem. Like when we, we don't even write some of this stuff down like we do, but we don't write all it down. We've had almost a 25 minute conversation nearly. Yeah. And it was unplanned. Um, the biggest shock, and they're very good at keeping secrets, mm-hmm. was Marshala Ali as the new blade. Nobody yes. saw that coming. Yes, I'm all. I am all for that too. Um, I want. I, that's that's another one. How how do you weave that into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, I'm. I mean, I know Morbius? we're going to get something standalone, but no, Morbius? Morbius is an easy way. Yeah, 
him, but Morbius is Sony. Unless they made a deal with Sony. Unless they made a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That That's going to be interesting. We'll see how um, it goes. Or they may just do a straight up standalone movie, which we haven't seen Marvel do in so long. No. Uh, I mean, straight up standalone movie that doesn't even have a reference to the Avengers. <laughs> okay. So going back to a prior question you had asked, this is Wikipedia and sometimes mm-hmm. it's right. Sometimes it's wrong, but this yeah. is what is written. Joel Schumacher, 1972, served as a costume designer for Play It As It Lays and designed the wardrobes of Dylan, uh, Diane Cannon, Joan Hackett, and Raquel Welch for the film The Last of Sheila. Mm-hmm. In 1973, he served as costume designer for Woody Allen's Sleeper, uh, Paul Mazuski's uh, Bloom and Love. In 1974, John Peters is who I was thinking of. John Peters, sorry. Yeah. In 1974, served as pro, uh, production designer of Killer Bees. Yeah. And later served as costume designer of The Time of the Cuckoo and The Prisoner of Second Avenue and Interiors. Yeah. So what I meant, what I was what I was thinking of real quick was John Peters. John Peters was Barbara Streisand's hairdresser. He went from doing that to being a movie director. Okay. And uh, I will well, say, if you if you haven't listened to Kevin Smith's rant about uh, him being involved in Superman, the Tim Burton Superman uh, uh, picture, go look that up because John Peters was a trip. No, well, you know Kevin Feige. He started out. Um, he was a producer on the first X Men film. What did he do before that? Uh, after high school, Feige applied to USC School of Cinematic Arts, the alma mater of his favorite directors, Lucas Howard and Zemeckis. His first five applications were rejected, but he persevered and was accepted on the six. His early work includes being assistant to executive producer Lauren Schuler Donner on Volcano and You've Got Mail. Wow. Okay. So he got in uh, as an assistant and then just... Honestly, if you can get your foot in and you can sh- and you you time your suggestions the right way, it's amazing how 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 much these people grow. Um, yeah, sorry, I was uh, John Peters. By the way, um, what was it? Yeah, John Peters was the uh, director of Wild Wild West, and I want to say he did. Oh Superman dear God! Don't look at that movie, please. Don't oh yeah, like all, all of his movies. Track. All of his movies are schlock. I yeah. love the soundtrack. I love the wicked, wicked, wow, wicked, wicked, wow, wow, West, Jim West, Desperado. Desperado. Um, I love that song. I know it by heart. Like I can do that at karaoke and not even need to look at the words. That was such a shit movie. I'm yeah, sorry. it was. It was. Kevin Klein didn't even save that movie, and he was trying. He was so trying. Um, big boobs couldn't save that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and anyway, you're saying so- something. Because, yeah, I know. I mean, one of the things I'm looking for in Eter- uh, Eternals is somehow I can uh, skin tight outfit. I mean, she's, she still looks good. I mean, she still looks good. But like Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh could not save that movie. Selma Hayek tried, but like there's a. I mean, Kevin Branagh's uh, uh, played um, Loveless and great performance by him, chewing up the scenery. Uh, I think I think that uh, if you look at that movie as just a ridiculous like romp and a schlock then it's okay but people thought that was going to be like a huge blockbuster it's not gonna that would not have happened never no and i I agree it i mean was it a fun popcorn film yes but the problem was that after um 
after Will Smith hit it big with Independence Day, mm-hmm. he just seemed like he took every freaking role that came his way and it it just didn't matter at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, and it it's disappointing because it's like, come on, man. Um, you you want to sit there and be like, dude, you're you're better than this. Um, but it, it didn't happen, and yeah, his movies are so bad. Like, yeah, dear yeah. God, man. And I he's he's, and I will say that my favorite. I mean, if I'm going to talk about Will Smith movies, uh, Men in Black was great, but Men in Black is good because you have Tommy Lee Jones playing against him. And oh yeah, Tommy Lee Jones can make anybody geez. good. That I mean, it made it, it, it's the classic comedy uh, comedy uh, pairing, right? You have you have to have someone who's who's the straight man, and you have to have someone who's the funny man. And uh, that Dragnet, dra- yeah, I, yep, yep, Dragnet. I was and I was going to say the one of the best uh, I think for our generation, uh, uh, David Spade and Chris Farley. Oh my god, yeah, was just perfect. So. Um, yeah, it's. I think that even. I mean, anyways, I'll I'll stop ranting about that. But that's still my favorite. Uh, Will Smith. Um, talk, go pivoting to the to the movie news. Uh, and I think as we're talking about directors, I think this segues really well. Trusting your director, you hire someone who has notoriety. Then you you give them what they what they need. You you know you have some negotiations. So Darren Aronofsky was going to do a Batman uh, movie. Yeah, he and was going to do Batman Year One, if I yes. remember correctly. Yes, and that was and there was a lot of falling did, uh, out. Mm-hmm. It was after he did the Fountain. It was after he did the Fountain, and I want to say it was after, wasn't after he did. Uh, shoot, I can't remember. I know it was after the Fountain, but um, he was essentially the studio and he bit, butted heads with the studio repeatedly. There's a lot of news on uh, things on that you can look up. But the uh, what came out recently in an interview was that Darren Aronofsky. One of the things that they butted heads on that the that the that the studio completely refused uh, to uh, let him do or entertain was he wanted Joaquin Phoenix as Joker. Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix wanted to work with him as Joker, and the studio said, "No, that's not going to work." <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. so now we know what happened in that we now we know that joaquin ended up doing the joker again it would have been a very different joker if he had gone darren aronofsky it would have it would have been directed different it would have been a different performance it would have been a different version of joker than what we got out of uh the joker movie but in hindsight what i mean whoever said no to that has got to be like feeling like terrible that they missed out on that because if it was one of the executive producers or something that would have put Joaquin Phoenix in as Joker, then they would have made money on that and probably a lot more than they would make off the Joker. Because if you're doing Aronofsky's Batman year one, you're going to have a franchise as opposed to a single movie, which uh, they still say they don't want to do another Joker, but the, or sorry, I should say uh, Joaquin Phoenix doesn't want to do it, but they're trying to pressure to get a sequel out of them. By the way, mm-hmm. I'm Mr. On my other podcast, I do on Mr. Sound Effects. I find sound effects for everything. Yeah. For those people that didn't want Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> yeah, it's... Oh, 
Joaquin Phoenix was he's okay. And this is one of those situations is the same way I feel about Heath Ledger. That's not how that's not how I picture Joker. That's not no. how I read Joker when I read the comics. When no, I, when I see I, Hamill's voice. Yeah. Like if we're talking live action. Yeah. If we're talking live action and we've talked about this on the show, mm-hmm. I hear Hamill's voice. Yeah. Nicholson's body. Nicholson's body's good. Uh, I think that, um, I mean, and I know that this has been suggested like an insane amount of times, but I still think Willem Dafoe as Joker would be amazing. It could be. Um, By the way, I've got a question. Yeah. So Kevin Feige Mm -hmm. has four movies of the 23 that have been made in the MCU, four movies that have grossed over $6 billion. (laughs) The dude is only worth $200 So that means that whatever he is doing for Marvel and Disney, he's it's not, not asking for enough. a lot. Yeah, he's not asking for a lot. They're not paying him enough. Uh, Two hundred million. That's I mean, that's still good and everything. Uh, but you'd think you'd think that he'd be worth more than that. Uh, and the fact that, you know, with without him, Marvel would not be where where it is. No, if, if Abby you know, or Rad um, was still in charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would not have Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. We would not have Chris Evans as Captain America. Chris Hemsworth as Thor. It would be a bargain basement MCU. Yeah, it would be the it would be the uh, the Dark Universe, uh, Universal Monsters Universe all over oh. again. Which you, you know what? I, it, yeah, I I did. You know what? I love. I absolutely love Universal Monsters. I. I really, I really want them to succeed at one point or another. I hated the new mummy. I oh yeah, it was it was bad. Um, so again, Tom Cruise negotiation. He said that uh, he he needed to have X amount of like percentage of screen time on the movie had to be him. Um, and and other negotiations that I think tanked tanked the movie. Um, I think that uh, I forgot I forgot her name. Uh, she was in. The Star War, uh, the Star Trek uh, movie as well. She played Jayla in that. Like, I think she did a fine oh, job. Also, because... the chicken um, Kingsman with the the yes. sword suit. Yes, she's great, but the movie was terrible. Um, the movie was terrible, and they had to make they had to make um, Tom Cruise the fo- the focus. I'm not going to spoil the movie here. I know it's old enough movie, but but we'll say that that it's not really her movie. It's really his movie. And it's really setting up what he's going to do in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Bautella. Yes. She's awesome. Um, And I think she did a great job. I think that there were tons of bad choices in that, in that movie in regards to what they were trying to, they were trying to set up something that I don't think worked uh, moving forward. And we, because of that, we're not seeing. Was it Javier Bardem was going to be in the the Dark Universe? It was going to be a. It was going to be a, a pretty interesting. Was it Javier Bardem and Johnny Depp? Right. Uh, I know Russell Crowe, obviously, but yeah. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, Johnny Depp, Russell Crowe, Javier Bardem, uh, and Sophia. Like that was your that was your universe. Um, that would have been very interesting. And we didn't get that at all. Okay. So, yeah. So, anyways, um, again, bad, bad direction, bad um, negotiation. I really want them to succeed. I really want them to succeed. That I mean, there's something just classic about 
you know, about Dracula and the mummy and like putting him in Helsing and ah, it's so good. I'm interested to see who would have played Van Helsing. Yeah, I don't know if they had that casting. I'll have to check. Because um, that's that's a great one. He, uh, which uh, if you haven't seen, I've, and I'll admit I've only seen a little bit of it, uh, but um, the Hammer films, the Hammer uh, Dracula movies, uh, where uh, Van Helsing is Peter Cushing is really good. Peter Cushing, Grand Moff Tarkin, if you guys didn't know from Star Wars, uh, playing with, uh, what's his name, Christopher Lee. So you have Count Dooku and Grand Moff Tarkin going at it. How cool is that? No, that's, that is absolutely 100%. And dude, here's the thing. I'm an old school, like I love um, vampire movies. I do. One yeah. of my favorite yeah. vampire movies is John Carpenter's Vampires with James Woods as this grizzled vampire hunter because it made it more realistic. Like watching that movie, you're kind of sitting there going, okay, I mean, that, that they don't look like they're like fashion, you know, uh, models or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but there is a Van Helsing movie coming. It's just not tied into the dark universe and it's oh, going to star. Well, it's going to star Jason Momoa and Peter Dinklage. Wait, wait, hold on. Is this like a legit? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Um, Jason Momoa and Peter Dinklage in talks for Van Helsing uh, Vampire Hunter. So basically Dinklage would play Van Helsing and Momoa would play a vampire that's teamed up with him to basically run scams. Okay. Um, and Momoa's character has sworn never to drink blood, blah, 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 blah. All right. So even though the dark universe is a cinematic universe, we're branching off here. All right. As we always do. <laughs> um, so Joaquin Phoenix was supposed to be the Joker in that movie, and they didn't want him. And I mean, his, I, I don't get why, because I, I don't know if it was just Todd Phillips or what, but his portrayal of the Joker was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Agreed. It absolutely was. And, you know, it's, it, it's unfortunate because you may never get to see it again, but one character, one person I think could actually play a good Joker uh, besides Willem Dafoe, mm -hmm. Johnny Depp. Yeah. Johnny Depp could do well. It could do really well with that. And I won't go into the, the lawsuit that's going on with him right now, but I think after all that clears up um, with Amber Turd. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm and really rumor, looking mm -hmm. and rumors are circulating. She is no longer insurable. And she is off of Aquaman too. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Um, there are so many. There's so many other actresses that you could cast in that role that could have got a better. It would you would get an immensely better performance out of. Um, yeah, Isla Fisher is just one of them, but you could name off tons of others that could get a great performance. Amelia so. Clark. Yeah, yeah, Amelia Clark could do it. She's she still doesn't have a place in any of these uh, these universes. So yeah, Teresa Palmer could do it yeah yeah um, a lot 
Jason Momoa could do it. Oh, Jason wait, already out there. Jason Momoa just play both roles. You know he could do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a comedy. Mortgage com- uh, 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 commercial. Mm-hmm. So, I, and you told me this before the show. There's also some new Pattinson news. So, kind of Pattinson. Um, how, how do you go kind of Pattinson? Uh, because the uh, the Batman... So that's like going that vampire, which Pattinson yeah. done. Yeah. So yeah, not, not that, not that Pattinson, but, uh, the, uh, project, you know, the, the Batman project for, um, uh, for Batman. I'm trying Robert Pattinson's and I'm trying to remember the, the, uh, the director's name. Matt Reeves. Yeah. So Matt Reeves assigned with HBO max to do a TV series on HBO max existing in that Batman universe. Uh, within Gotham. Um, I hope that they don't name it something to have to do with Gotham. I think it should have some type of Arkham uh, tie-in because Gotham, you know, already has something people remember very, very recently. Uh Um, But we don't know a lot about it, but Matt Reeves has signed HBO Max TV series tied into the universe, the same universe that is within the Robert Pattinson, the Batman. Which is interesting. Which is interesting because the rumor is, and we'll find out a fandom, um, that Affleck has re-signed for a Batman project on HBO Max. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how this all adds up. Um, I'm still upset they haven't put HBO Max on Amazon Prime TVs yet. Yeah. I, I will. Hold on. Amazon Prime TVs. Oh, like oh, is an app. A fire TV, yeah, basically. Okay, fire TV. Okay, I was gonna say, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's there's probably some, I don't know, some reason for that. But I I would I don't understand why. I mean, they they can't. Uh, they haven't even added it as an add on to Amazon, have they? Can't remember if they had. I don't think so. I mean, I, I tried to do the free trial uh, mm-hmm. over uh, July Fourth weekend, and when I went in my Amazon Fire TV and I clicked around. I'm like, oh crap. Okay, it's not there. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I mean HBO now does have Shazam and Aquaman, so I watch those. And they're awesome. They um are. yeah, and that's that's again, that's when you're get you give the director, you give the writers, you give them the what they need. You get a movie like like Shazam, you get a movie like uh like Ant Man, you get a movie like Ragnarok, which um, are amazing in their own ways. Um, so yeah, Ar- Aronofsky unfortunately didn't get that, and and in this case, I, I mean, thankfully we didn't even see. Him. What's that? I don't think he was a big enough name at that point. I if think he, being, he, if hmm. we're being one hundred percent honest, he made the movie The Fountain. Great, yeah. awesome. Um, to be considered a top tier director, even back then, even back then. Hold on, I'm pulling it up on yep. Box Office uh, Mojo. Hopefully, I spelled that right. Yep, Darnovnowski. Uh, it starred Hugh Jackman, uh, Rachel Weiss, uh, and that's really it. Uh, he was writer, director. Uh, okay, actors. Yeah, Hugh Jackman, Rachel Weiss, Sean Patrick Thomas, and Ellen Burstyn. Now. Take a guess worldwide what this movie made. Take a guess. Oh, I'm going to guess under 100. Way 
under 100. It didn't even make its budget back. That's terrible. 35 million. It made 16468343 dollars. That tells you why he didn't get what he wanted. Mm-hmm. He'd done a movie that made a made its budget back or doubled its budget. Mm-hmm. He would have gotten what he wanted. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He didn't bring anything to the table. Yeah, well, I would agree, but at, at, again, <sighs> he didn't bring it to the table, but. I don't know how the future project would have been, you know, sometimes you, you stumble a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big stumble. Uh, I'm just, I'm just impressed. We haven't even seen the Batman, but the fact that HBO max and, you know, I guess Warner tied into it, mm-hmm. believes in it so much that not only is it going to be an alleged trilogy, but we're going to get a TV series out of it. Um, that sounds like they're laying more groundwork than, than it just being kind of a, you know, a side project to me. Well, I mean, technically Gotham was a side project. It had no connections to any of the cinematic universes. Uh, We saw Bruce's parents die for the 400th time. The only people, the only person that's died more than Bruce's parents is uncle Ben. Um, I have a feeling that Bruce's parents kill have died more than uncle Ben. (laughs) Did he die in the 70s TV show? He didn't die in the Batman TV show. He didn't die in that. But the amount of times that he, the amount, not only movies, but cartoons, because well, every single cartoon, every single Batman cartoon shows him dying, shows them dying. You mean Spider-Man cartoon? Uh, I'm talking about Batman cartoons. Okay, but, Batman, okay. car- Batman cartoons Here's show what me. Mm-hmm. We don't even know what Uncle Ben looks like in the MCU. Not in the MCU, no. Like we have no idea. We know Marissa Tomei is still hot, um, but we have no, no idea who Uncle Ben was. Yeah, we have I mean it's flashback. Mm-hmm. Like I think I don't when think they, we need it. I don't think we know, need it. At the beginning of Far From Home, when he was going through his entire you know Tony Stark you know uh, uh, breakdown that he was having. Yeah, and then he saw that mural on the wall. That would have been the perfect time to throw in an Uncle Ben thing because he's been there already. This yeah. is not the first time he has lost a father figure. That would have been the perfect time to throw in that little flashback. And I'm hitting my hands to <laughs> emphasize that. That's true. It's true. But I, I feel like maybe they 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 feel like they don't need to uh, they don't need to add uh, a flashback to Uncle Ben. They don't need to even reference him. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's ever forward. actually been referenced. No, just move forward. I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's really needed. I think that I think there's one reference to him, but it's in passing. Like, I think that they I mean, that's why they they kind of smartly did that when it came to bring him into Civil War. They're like, let's make him already have his powers. We already know his origin story. We just introduce him. You don't you just say Queens and the theater erupts. That's that's all you needed. As soon as it said Queens, we knew what was happening. Um, And yeah, he didn't have his suit yet, but. That's I mean, he got it. He got it immediately. Uh, we already knew the story. We knew the setup. We knew his powers. We knew who the character was. Uh, and that's, you know, because they're just, you know, they know what they're doing over at Marvel. Hold on. I'm reading something here. That's okay. 
I mean, it just, it just, as you're reading that, I'm just, uh, I'll continue to banter, but like the fact that DC has so many projects going to I'll, me, it feels like I'm just investing in one. Mm-hmm. Hear how he was, um, subtly mentioned. Um, his initials were on Peter's suitcase in Far From Home. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause she meant, yeah, I think she mentions it too. Um, but yeah, it's, we we don't we know that's that history already we don't have to keep uh hitting on it uh can we know tell, can somebody tell dc that yeah yeah that's the problem dc dc is dc keeps trying to build that foundation we don't need it we know how batman became batman uh it's one thing that i actually liked about uh about the uh ben affleck movie it's like we we know who he is we know who batman is let's just go and, and you got the subtle like start to Batman v Superman kind of showing it, but it wasn't a focal point. It was yeah. part of the, in essence, opening credits. Um, but seriously, DC, if you're listening to this, and you're probably not, Mister Ed is getting tired of getting beaten. I mean, seriously, yeah, yep. you're beating a dead horse by continuously killing Thomas and Martha Wayne. Yep. I really, I really hope that we get uh, what's his face as Thomas Wayne in flashback. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes. Oh yeah, he's the only one that looks like Thomas Wayne should look. Yeah. In Flashpoint. Yeah, he looks freaking great. Yeah, I, I really want that. Um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like DC DC is resting on their intellectual property. They're resting on the fact that we know Wonder Woman, we know Superman, we know Batman. They're resting um, on their laurels. Yeah, they really are. As opposed to saying, let's build a foundation that we can, that and a, and a dynasty, a freaking dynasty, a cinematic dynasty. Marvel, their 24 movies in 12 years is, it was 12, uh, I think 13 or 14, if you include Incredible Hulk, right? Um that's, I mean, still, it's amazing what they've built. And because of that, because they, they built it slowly, we now have this mythology that is shared in a cinematic universe well, uh, that has more fans now than I think have ever, have ever been fans. I wish some of them would buy comic books, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, they built it slowly. They built it methodically. They put one person in charge of the whole thing. And once again, I think he's grossly underpaid for what he's done. Yeah, you know about his uh, about their their getaways that they do, right? Like for when they plan out the phases, when they plan out. I think it's once a year. Um, they they basically rent a cabin. They they bring a bunch of people there. I don't know if families are involved. I don't know how that works. Um, but they essentially do write like writing sessions and brainstorming st- sessions that plot out. Uh, what is going to happen uh, in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And he well, brings I mean, in. Yeah. They're one of the best in continuity. Like, there's not a lot of errors in their movies. Yeah. Um, there's movies you watch you're like, wait, his shirt was untucked a second ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it almost sounds similar to Ghostbusters. Because back when Ivan Reitman came on Ghostbusters, him, Aykroyd, and Ramis sat in his basement in, I think, Martha's Vineyard, over uh, a holiday weekend and wrote the script. Yeah. Like they would spend eight hours a day writing the script for Ghostbusters. Yep. Yep. 
it's it's magic when you get those moments um these the i mean they're like the there are other movies that i can think of with that are like dr horrible's sing-along blog um and cabin in the woods both joss hey, whedon projects What's remember hmm. everyone's a hero in their own way that's right <laughs> both amazing projects that were that were basically you know uh you you put a couple people together. They're like, I just want to do something. Smash out a script in in a matter of days, and then go. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing when that can happen. When you can strike. When the lightning can can strike like that. And um, so yeah. I'm going to bring up the the elephant in the room since you mentioned mm-hmm. the name Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. How much are you believing? Because now the stunt people from Buffy have come out and said he was a bit of a dick on set. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people who are who are rough on set, and I don't know if... I don't know how much to believe. I don't know how much of it is he wasn't getting what he wanted, so he was frustrated. I mean, there's some amazing directors who aren't, you know, aren't nice guys on set. Um, if you If you aren't... If they're not... If you're not giving them what they want that they're they're assholes i mean scorsese's like that um uh and what's his name um kubrick i mean kubrick was one of the worst uh people to work with of all time but had some amazing amazing films um i'm not going to condone what kubrick did but when you have others like scorsese scorsese uh, scorsese will unless you're on essentially on his list of people that he really, really trusts, like you do it the way that he, that he wants you to do it. And he doesn't give you a lot of, I don't know, like he gets irritated. He gets really irritated. If you're not giving, giving him what he wants, if you're not, uh, if you're not essentially at working at his level, um, there's a lot of, uh, athletes that are like that. I'm not gonna, not, uh, not that I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm not going to apologize for anything Whedon does, but you're doing a job. Sometimes someone's got to, you know, got to have a firm hand and, you know, not, I, hope, now, not physically, not physically, but seriously. Now, do I think DC should have given him a little, a little more leniency? I mean, he did direct the first two Avengers movies, which made a lot of money. Yeah. But I do think he should have had a more, even though Zack Snyder was going through a, uh, a loss, in his personal life, mm-hmm. um, I believe his daughter passed away. Mm-hmm. He should have kind of, because apparently from what everything said, Zack Snyder selected him to yes. take over. Snyder selected him and Snyder was out, which I mean, and by out, I mean incommunicado. Uh, I, I, I completely understand. I mean, I've not been in the situation that he was in, but he was like, I need to take care of myself. I need to take care of my family. Um, and at that, from that point on, it basically was Joss. You have to finish this, and the studio then decided, like you, like you mentioned, I think last uh, last week, where the studio decided, cool, we can do what we want now because we're not, we weren't going to get what we want out of Zack Snyder. We're going to get it out of Joss Whedon, who's basically hired to just do a job. Yeah, it's not his vision. It's not his movie. And honestly, dude, as much as I love the first Avengers movie, it always kind of felt like a TV show to me. Yeah, yeah. The feel of it I, felt very TV. Yeah, uh, like the slow motion scene with uh, Thor and Cap. Mm-hmm. It, it it felt very TV to me. A little bit. It's and and I will say, as much as I like Joss Whedon, 
he's amazing in TV. I think that uh, a lot of his his directing from what we're seeing now uh, can get a little dated. Um, I loved his banter, though. I absolutely love his banter in the original Avengers movie. Um, he knows how to punch up a script. He really knows how to make how to make it. Uh, you know how to die, how to write dialogue. He knows how to to make that really work with between characters. He understands the characters and how they would talk to each other, what they would say to each other. Um, but yeah, from a director's a director point of view, yeah, I, I completely see that. No, and I'm trying to see the last thing he directed. I'm wondering if it was. The last big thing he directed. Mm-hmm. Oh, he actually did two offices or two episodes of The Office. Never knew that. He actually didn't get credit for directing Justice League. Who didn't? Joss Whedon. Yeah. Oh, it still went to Snyder. Yeah, because I'm looking on IMDb right here. Mm-hmm. He the last things he has directed was an episode of The Nevers. Uh, a TV series, Avengers Age of Ultron, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Pilot, Much Ado About Nothing, The Avengers, Glee, Dollhouse, Mm -hmm. Commentary the Musical, Dr. Horrible, The Office, Serenity, Angel, Buffy, Firefly. Boom. That's it. Like, he did not get credit. Yeah. I wonder if that's a contractual thing or that's what he requested. Like, he didn't want to... He wanted to finish it, but he wanted Snyder's name to still be on it, you know, as a, as a way to say, you know, I'm finishing your project for you. I'm wow. not taking it away from you. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you this right now. He did the screenplay for one of my favorite animated movies. Yeah. What's that? Titan AE. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah. And he also was a writer on four episodes of Roseanne. Yeah. It's, it's also amazing if you ever, um, if you, and some of these things are on IMDb. Some of them aren't because um, script doctors are like one of my favorite things. Like they're, it won't be on his IMDb, but he is a script doctor for, for some stuff. But my favorite script doctor in, in all of Hollywood uh, is Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher did some amazing work for scripts. Yes. And she, and she's not on IMDb. Uh, She was the script doctor on, uh, on sister act. Really? Yeah. yeah, she's done. All, she did a lot of like she's because she was a writer as well, and she wasn't getting acting work, and also didn't kind of want to do acting work because she, you know, she she aged, and it was that okay, you're no longer Princess Leia anymore. So how do you how do you cope with that in Hollywood as a she woman? Was still hot in the burbs. Oh yeah, she was. But in, <laughs> I mean, she was hot in everything, but. In in regards to Hollywood, Hollywood's it's hard for Hollywood to, uh, depending on who the actress is, like it's it's like they have like it's either you're an attractive young woman or mm-hmm. you're old, and it's hard for the middle ground. We're getting better well, in regards and to you're Hollywood. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren, well, of course, yeah, but like there's there's the middle ground that it's a lot, it's hard for uh, historically for women to traverse to say. Uh, or I, it's basically your your uh, attractive young woman, a mom, or you're old, and there's like not a lot of, and and we're getting better, like I said. But she was trying to navigate Marissa that. Marissa yeah, well, is very upset that she took that role when she took it, um, because now that's all that's coming in. All, all that's coming in is is uh, is what, like roles for women, roles that are portraying her for her age. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, and that's, and that's, that's I mean, 
it's it's hard to navigate that. Uh, you know, I, I don't obviously I have not had to navigate that as a woman, but Carrie Fisher's talked about that a lot where she was saying, you know, she's transitioning from being who everyone expected her to be and who people remembered her to be when she was in Blues Brothers and when she was in uh, in Star Wars and everything. And then then you have this other woman where Mark Mark Hamill kind of had a similar thing. He was in The Giver and he was in some other work. Oh, my God, The Giver. So good. So good. But he had a hard time transitioning. That's why he went into voice. What's that? So bad, but so good. Yes, yes, it is. I have a, I have a it's special place like, for it. It's almost like the movie The Wraith. I haven't seen that. With Charlie Sheen and um uh what is it? Nick uh Nick uh he became a director. Cassavetes. Yeah, I don't know that. But Marissa Tomei now is fifty five years old. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look a day over forty. The problem is she's fifty five years old. Yep. What roles do you think there's gonna be? She's not gonna do my cousin Vinny part two. No, but that's and that's what I mean is like it's it's when they're writing roles for for women in Hollywood there there's not as it's not as diverse where they expect they expect women to to fit a certain a certain mold uh where it's not as expected when it comes to when it comes to men. Men can age less gracefully, men can get can get fatter and no one says anything about it until you get really big like Russell Crowe right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. or if you're or if you're gaining uh gaining weight for a role, no one says anything. But a woman who gain who gains weight, uh not for a role, but just happens to age and gain weight, everyone will just rag on her. So yeah. it's uh, it's rough. Well I think that does it for us this week. I think we've covered quite a bit of topics. Um Check out, if you're a sports fan, check out the scrumsports.com. Uh, hockey's coming back. Baseball's coming back. Football's probably going to be played with no fans, just like the other two sports. Um, and Patrick, your shameless plug, not that I didn't already give you one. Yeah, if you're already subscribed here uh, on our RSS feed, then you got The Land Cave, our gaming podcast that comes out every week where we talk about gaming news. Uh, you can also check out The Land Cave on YouTube, where you can not only find this show, but also uh, gaming news, video game reviews, and game streaming. Awesome. Well, that does it for us this week, guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We appreciate it. Uh, bye. Bye.